This is for you, you, my number one. This is for you, you, my number one. Welcome, 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 and welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen, and I want to thank everyone that's watching, thank everyone that's listening. For people that don't know uh, or that haven't caught on yet, I dropped the audio on all DSPs on Monday at 9 o'clock, so you get that first. And the visuals on YouTube is drops every Tuesday morning. I don't really have a set time. I just know Tuesday morning whenever it's up. Uh, and again, I want to thank everybody that's listening and watching. So this week was a well last week was a crazy week for sports man we got people wilding we got crazy lists to come out and it's not we're not talking about the rappers list this time but we got crazy lists to come out we have um the new ncaa rule that we're going to talk about unfortunately we're going to have to sneak a little bit of trump in there kd starts talking for the first time you know it's it's Let's let's start with let's start with the 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 NCAA rule. So for people that don't know, the NCAA rule or what LeBron won or coined it the Rich Paul rule was, it pretty much gears or gears players not to sign with agents with a bachelor's or they they're pretty much saying if you're an agent you have to have a bachelor's degree. And. This is a direct correlation to the impact that people like Rich Paul have on the sport of basketball. Rich Paul doesn't have a college degree, or at least, yeah, he doesn't have a college degree. However, he is one of the most prominent agents in, the, in, in, the, in, in basketball. Not only does he have, you know, NBA players, but he has, uh, I think, RJ Hampton. He has a lot of players coming in and... Rich Paul, I think the one of the biggest reasons why the NCAA implement, implemented this rule is because Rich Paul is taking, I think Rich Paul has done this about twice now. His clients have declined going to the NCAA and go overseas for at least a year to get ready or, or to play, to be ready for the uh, draft. So what Rich Paul is pretty much doing is hurting the, in, in a certain way, hurting the NCAA bottom line when it comes to elite players and stuff like that. The problem with this rule, though, not only is it, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just keep it real with you. It is, it riddles something that African Americans have been struggling with for a minute, and that is understanding the times and understanding the climate and and understanding that. We as African Americans, especially in sports, is as strong as we've ever been. Uh, they need African Americans in sports, and I think that Rich Paul understands that. See, what what I don't what I don't understand, I do understand. What doesn't make what what should what the NCAA should be worried about right now is the fact that coaches, programs, schools. Boosters, <laughs> the town around the school makes so much money off of the academics and off of the, not academics, off of the sports, off of the sports teams, whether that's basketball, whether that's football, whether that's baseball, they make so much money off the, off the sports side of the school, yet the players get absolutely no money. I've 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 championed this for a while, man. I, I this is something that I talked about before earlier in the podcast, but the you can't tell me that a player like Zion Williamson or a player like RJ Barrett or who's another big college a player like Anthony Davis, some of the biggest a player like Kevin Durant when he was in college, these play Blake Griffin, these players were some of the most coveted college players in the game at that time you can't tell me that the school made so much money off of a derrick rose at memphis that derrick rose can't see any of that and they what they want to do is they want to 
they want to blanket it by saying, oh, well, they get free tuition, they get free scholarships, they get per diem when they go, they don't even have to go to class like that sometimes because they're on road trips. If you can, that is, there's, look, I get that. I get that, you know, a lot of, some, most student athletes, especially the ones that are, are primed to go further in their craft might get allotted or afforded some some different things than regular students but the fact that a regular student can continue to make money a regular student can get a job a regular student can get a job while in school yet a basketball player can't get a job while working at while playing for a team Yet, a basketball player can't make money off his own name just because he's on the basketball team. Or just because an athlete can't make money outside. Can't make money. Yet, you're worried about an agent saying that you're pretty much dissuading players from dealing with agents that don't have a degree. Or bachelor's degree, at least. Yet, the only agent that you would be talking about is Rich Paul. And Rich Paul has made it a, almost every move he's made since working, since working in the sports industry, sports world, is for the advancement or for the betterment of the player. So the fact that you have somebody that's trying to do right for the player which pretty much in the bottom line hurts what you NCAA are trying to do because a player profiting profiting off themselves hurts you apparently or that's that's the that's the picture that you paint a player that benefits off his likeness hurts you yet when you have a player like RJ Hampton or when you have a, a an, an agent like Rich Paul, that's like, hey, you deserve to make as much money as possible and you're good enough to make money. You just can't do it in the NCAA, so I would advise you to go overseas. Because of this, you now implement a rule that's saying, yo, they pretty much have to have their bachelor's degree. And to be quite honest with you, it's not just Rich Paul. Most of the African-American, I looked it up too, most of the African-American agents do not have a bachelor's degree. Some of the biggest agents outside of Rich Paul do not have a bachelor's degree. So at the end of the day, you're hurting the bottom line, not only for them, but for the player to maximize their name, maximize their talent, just so you can have them come to a school for eight months. Like, come on, you think if, if, you think Rich Paul or an agent has something to do with Zion Williamson staying for one year? You think that an agent or, or, or an outside source was the reason that R.J. Barrett stayed for a year? No, they knew before they hit Duke that they were going for or staying for one year. You think, you think Marvin Bagley knew he was... You think, you know what, I'm going to the NCAA for four years. No, these players know before they hit the school that they're either staying for one year or two years or that their goal is to leave for one year. So there's nothing that an agent can tell them that can change their mind, whether they have a bachelor's degree or not. I think I'm so adamant about this is because I was I wasn't I played for the NAIA. I didn't play for NCAA, but I understand that as a player, the NCAA does not look out for you. The organization does not look out for you. You can't, you can be broke, your family can be broke as hell and you can't get any assistance. Your family can't get any assistance while you're playing. You can be Zion Williamson, one of the most famous basketball players 
walking the face of the earth and he hasn't even played in the NBA for a second. Yet he can't profit off his name and he can't get as much money as possible to help his family. Yet you're implementing a rule furthering your grip on these players, NCAA. People like Rich Paul agents want the, yes, that some agents want the best for them, as in want the best for themselves. But most agents, especially African-American agents, want the best for the player. Because they know that the organization, which is the NCAA, does not. Do I think this rule is racist? I don't know someone's intent. I don't know someone's heart. I don't know someone's, someone's motive. I know what it looks like on the surface. And it doesn't look too clean to me. Hell, uh, Chris Broussard pretty much was saying, this is racist. Uh, all my African-American athletes go to HBCUs. And I agree with him. I agree. Why, why, would, you, why would you help a Kentucky I'm a North Carolina fan. Why would you help a Duke, a North Carolina, a UCLA thrive? When at the end of the day, their loyalty is to the NCAA. Their loyalty is to the school. Their loyalty is not for you. You will be the biggest thing. Zion, and I talked about this uh, in a previous episode, Zion will be the biggest thing walking at Howard University. Zion will be the biggest thing that ever came to FAMU. And don't say that it wouldn't. No HBCU player can would would make it to the league. Uh, I know it ain't basketball, but Sean, uh, what's his name, Shannon Sharp did, and he's in the Hall of Fame. You telling me that Zion Williamson, as good as he is, just because he plays for Howard or just because he plays for FAMU or Morehouse, you think he wouldn't make it to the league? You think he wouldn't be first overall? We see the talent that Zion Williamson is. That doesn't take away just because he plays for Howard. This rule, to me, and I'm just I'm just call it spade a spade. This rule is prejudice. This rule got issues. This rule has so many holes in it, and it's not even addressing the biggest problem that the NCAA really has when it comes to athletes. This rule. I don't, I think the worst part about this rule is that I think the players, a lot of players are helpless in this situation. A lot of players feel, and for some it's very true, but a lot of players that feel that they need to go to a big school or they need to be under the umbrella of the NCAA. Some players believe that if if they don't make it to the NCAA or if they don't shine the NCAA, they're not going to make it, which is completely not true. It the NCAA needs to change this or be gone with this rule. I don't know if they will. A lot. Some people are saying this rule is probably not even going to last a year, but. NBA agents like Rich Paul shouldn't be shouldn't be shouldn't be held back from doing what's best for the kid for 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 an athlete whether they're in college or whether they're in the NBA and the NCAA now has made it unless he goes to school and gets his bachelor's made it pretty much virtually impossible at least right now for him to help or him legally to help. And that's not right. That's not, that's not right at all. So. That's not right at all. Um, and another thing man. This shows just how tone deaf the NCAA is. No. This doesn't. This shows just how awake the NCAA is. The NCAA knows that is holding these kids back. They know that their biggest problem isn't Rich Paul. The biggest problem is 
I can be, Jalen Hunter can be the biggest name in college basketball and I can't make a dime, yet you can make millions upon millions upon millions of dollars off my name. They know this, which is exactly why they have this rule, which pretty much kind of forces players to go the NCAA route. And a lot of players that can't afford some of the top, net, well, Rich Paul is a top top name agent, but can't afford some of the top name agents are going to be forced to go back for two years, which means you're collecting more money off my name. So this doesn't show that the NCAA is toned. If this shows that the NCAA knows exactly what it's doing, exactly what it's doing. And I think that's the sickest part about it, man. They know, they know, they know what they're doing. Yeah, they can't, or they're not stopping it. So, I think this rule needs to be thrown away, man. I hope it gets thrown away because this riddles racism. This riddles prejudice, and this this riddles prejudiceness, and it riddles the fact that the NCAA understands the vice grip they have on players. Which sucks. So, damn, I, I didn't expect to start no, <laughs> I didn't expect to start an episode like this, man. But it, it, it just had to be said, man. I, I was going to talk about it regardless, but that's, to me, that's wild. That's wild. Speaking of wild, let's, let's jump gears. Let's talk about your boy AD. AB, I'm sorry, Antonio Brown. So Antonio Brown came out this week. Or reports came out of camp, uh, Raiders camp, saying that Antonio Brown threatens to retire due to he's unable to wear his old helmet. For people that don't know, the NFL pretty much changed the helmets, especially for wide receivers, to limit concussions. Antonio Brown and his people were mad because they, they, they don't feel like the new helmets are, are comfortable enough for him. So, the man threatens to retire. And on top of that, more reports came out saying that the team is upset with A.B. due to the fact that he's, he misses uh, team meetings, or if he does go, he's been late to several of them, um, and he's just giving off a bad vibe in the locker room. And all I'm saying, first of all... This is the first time I've ever heard of somebody threatening threatening to retire due to a helmet. This is the very first time I've ever heard of that. You know, AB did an interview with ESPN uh, before he got traded from um, the Steelers. And he pretty much said he does need the NFL. You know, he, he wants to be in the NFL, but he doesn't need it. And I was with him when he said that, because I mean, you take ownership in your name, you take you, you take control of you know your your future, your destiny. You don't want to be barren to anything. I get it. But A B, at least right now, is a bigger problem than he is a solution. You see, in some of the reasons why I let. And I, I mean, my opinion isn't end up beyond anything, but some of the reasons why I thought it was, I didn't really care about some of the antics and some of the stuff that he did for Pittsburgh is how important he was to Pittsburgh. When, when at, at the top of his game, AB to me is a top three wide receiver in the league, especially alongside Big Ben and Le'Veon Bell. We, are, we remember the incident that AB had with the Instagram, I mean, Facebook Live. We remember some of the reports off the field. We remember some of the spats that he had. Of course, we remember why he's not even with Pittsburgh because of his, uh, his frustration towards Big Ben. And I was very vocal saying that Big Ben definitely played a part in that as well. But AP, AB played a part in that too. And now... He hasn't even played a game with his new squad, and he's already starting trouble. 
or he's already threatened to retire due to a helmet. You start to get to a point where you say, is the baggage worth, is the player worth the baggage? We see that with um, with Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys. Is the player worth the baggage? Do you think if 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 Antonio Brown was a scrub, half this stuff would fly? Half this uh, coming out to the media, threatening to retire due to a helmet. You think if he wasn't the top a top three wide receiver, that this would be okay? Case in point, you know who's somebody that was a was a headache to deal with but was a great great player to another one randy moss you see what happened towards the once their production started going down teams stop letting letting some of them antics slide they start getting cut they start yo we're not even bringing you on because their production didn't match the baggage right now Ezekiel Elliott's production matches the baggage so while the Cowboys are at a standstill with the with the contract negotiation I believe they're going to get a contract done right now Antonio B Antonio B Antonio Brown's production matches or I guess is bigger than the baggage but right now it's kind of hard to say that Especially for his new team, because he hasn't played for his new team. Right now, they're just going off name and, uh, and off the future or the, the past. Yes, it was a season ago, but a lot can happen this summer. Antonio Brown is making a fool of himself. And the fact that he's doing this on a new team after he forced his way out of pittsburgh to me if you force your way out of a situation and go to another situation that you wanted to be in it would behoove me for you not to be on your best behavior especially before the first game especially how how ugly it ended at your last job at your last gig i don't do I think Antonio Brown's going to retire? No. Do I think that this is going to affect the team? However, not the helmet part, but the part with the missing missing uh, team meetings and showing up late to meetings, showing up late to practices. You want to be on your best behavior when you're on a new squad, man. And AB is really to me, he's really showing. That he doesn't care what happens. He's going to do his own thing. And, and that, doesn't, that doesn't always work. Especially if his production starts to go down. Because then he's going to be too loud for his game. And then you don't, you're going to turn out like T.O. did towards the end of his career. You're going to turn, up like, or turn out like Randy Moss did at the end of his career. You're going to turn out like, who's another person? Um... To a to a to a certain extent, mellow towards the end of his career. Like you, you don't want to be a person where you have to second guess bringing them on. No matter how great you are, AB, this is a bad look. Bad look. Now you're not listening. I know you. You're not listening. It is what it is. But <laughs> yeah, you might not need the NFL. But for image-wise, you need to have a good season this year. Especially after what happened last year. And especially the comments that you, you know, about Derek Carr and about the, the, the Oakland organization. You need to have a good season, and this is not a way to start that. Whatsoever. Again, this, and then, and then, um, John Gruden came out and said, you know, AB is really particular, uh, he's really particular about his stuff, so I understand he's still going to be a great asset. I know he's going to be a great asset. He's Antonio Brown. But 
This is a bad look, especially, especially coming off the season that you had last year. Production-wise on the field, you still had a great season last year. But off the field, and especially, you know, with the trade and everything, you want to be on your best behavior, especially out the gate, man. Especially out the gate. So, that's my little <laughs> that's my little tidbit for Antonio Brown, man. You're probably not listening. To, hey, it is what it is. But, again, come on, bro. You got to be better than that, man. You got to be better. So, moving on. Moving on to the NBA, because, you know, to be honest with you, they're actually, you know what, let's stay with NFL real quick, because we'll move to the NBA. I'm going to just talk about this quickly, and I'm going to move on. So Donald Trump, the President of the United States, came out and pretty much said, uh, Colin Kaepernick, um, he would love to see him in the league if he's good enough. He would love to see him on a team. Uh, if he's good enough, if he's good enough, he'll pretty much pull some strings to to get him on the team. The president is a walking contra- contradiction because if you remember, he Colin Kaepernick is one of those SOBs that disrespected the flag, even though his protest had nothing to do with the flag. It was about police brutality and how. African-Americans were treated, and it was about how veterans were treated that came back from war. Colin Kaepernick didn't deserve to be on a team back in the day because he didn't respect America. All, this is not me, this is all the president, Donald Trump, what he said. Colin Kaepernick uh, deserves whatever's coming to him. Because, again, he disrespects, you know, nobody that disrespects the flag, nobody that disrespects the United States should ever be on the field. Yet now, he would love to see Colin Kaepernick in the league. Donald Trump has shown a propensity to lie and a propensity to backtrack on his words. To a point where you can't believe anything he says. And honestly, I think he's doing this because the re-election is coming soon. And I I don't know if he knows this, but he's not too popular with the African-American vote. This is not a political podcast. And the only reason why I'm talking this is because of Colin Kaepernick. But why wasn't Colin Kaepernick good, what, two, three years ago when this all started? Why wasn't Colin Kaepernick good enough when he was doing the demonstration? Why is it now that he's two or he's three or four years out the league now if he's good enough? If that isn't the most blasphemous, pompous statement the president can say about somebody, especially somebody that he... He's the one of the main reasons, if not the reason, he's not even in the NFL. Or he was blackballed out the NFL. So now you're going to say that? Okay. That's the President of the United States, people. So, let me get off of that because I don't, I don't even want to talk about Donald Trump no more. I, uh, so, week one and a half of the preseason ended last week and we got a couple takeaways uh we looked at weeks we saw some rookie quarterbacks Dwayne Haskins had some beautiful throws but he didn't really look too much ready he had a pick he had two horrible horrible uh interceptions but again he's a rookie and but he he did make some some really good plays he made some mobile plays which I was really surprised about because especially coming into well all last year at Ohio State and coming into the league, he wasn't really known as a mobile quarterback. He was more of a pocket passer, which he is. But he made a beautiful throw off the off the run. Uh, he scampered for for a good solid gain or a couple good solid gains. The way Haskins looked good. I don't know if he looks ready to start. Right now, they're coming out and saying Colt McCoy is pretty much going to start. But I do know that he looks really good, especially 
in the moments that he that he that he played. Now he looks young as well. He looks very young, and he looks like you know, his decision making needs to be a little better. But it was only one game. It's his first NFL preseason game, so you know I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna completely take away from. Uh, all I'm gonna take away from is he didn't look completely ready, but he looked good. Another person that didn't look completely ready but looked really good was uh, Drew Locke. Drew Locke looked looked really well, but again he he looked like a like a rookie, just like Dwayne Haskins. He looked a little better than Dwayne Haskins, but he still looked like a rookie. A player that was really surprising was Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones looked. Now again, this is the preseason, so I'm not really holding onus to any of this but daniel jones looked like he was ready he's ready day one now yeah he's not playing with set defenses and he's not playing with you know starters like that but daniel jones looked really good he had some beautiful throws and i'll give it to him i killed the the giants for drafting daniel jones when they did i killed the giants for organization for trading uh Odell Beckham and pretty much getting in return, um, what Golden Tate? Pretty much. I I've I've killed New York for continuously siding with Eli, even though everyone in their mama knows he is over that hill. But all I'm gonna say is Daniel Jones looked really well, looked really really well. And again, I don't really take much. I don't really put much stock into the 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 um, preseason. But one thing I will say is that I think, especially watching, seeing one preseason game, I I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this, or I'm gonna do a, a season preview um, before the season actually starts. But it's going to be really hard for me. And I'm going to just tell y'all now, it's going to be very hard for me picking against the Chiefs this year. Their defense got a little better. Patrick Mahomes looked great. Patrick Mahomes looked like a Hall of Fame quarterback in the first preseason game. Patrick Mahomes was making throws like he, like he made last year. Patrick Mahomes looked incredible. The, the offense looked explosive even without uh, Tyreek Hill. They looked explosive, more explosive than last year. And to be honest with you, to me, the only reason why they lost last year was because D. Ford wanted to be offsides, and their defense was historically bad. But their defense got better. I don't know who's gonna. I don't know if they're gonna win or not. But it's going to be hard for me to pick to 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 pick somebody else outside of the Chiefs winning it all next year. And that the first preseason game really showed me just how good they can be, or they are. They reminded me <laughs> how good they are. So I know again, I don't take much onus in the preseason because it's just preseason. A lot of those players aren't even going to make the final cut. But Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs look good, and and some of the players that we just I just talked about need some improvement, but looked good. So, without further ado, one thing that I'm really, I really was excited to talk about was this all NBA decade teams. So, I, I don't know who, I guess NBA, I don't know who made this list, but they made all decade team. This is from years 2009 to 2000. Or 2010 to 2020, pretty much. And they made three all-decade teams. The first team is Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, James Harden, and Kawhi Leonard. The second team, Chris Paul, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, and Blake Griffin. And the third team, Marcus Aldridge, Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Paul George. 
Off the brick, I have no problems with the first team. The the impact that Steph Curry has on the game, or that and, and he continues to have on the game, is unprecedented. KD to me is right now when healthy, when healthy, the best player in the league. But KD, and and, and we can we can have this argument a little later. But to me, he's one of, if not the most unstoppable scorers of all time. And he's one of the most unique players of all time. We'll talk. We can talk about that on another episode. But Kevin Durant is, is to me one of, if not the most lethal score in all of in NBA history. Got LeBron James, arguably the best player ever. That's no. That's and he's still was going to his seventeenth year, and he's still top two or three maybe. Yeah. James Harden, one of the most, uh, one of the most offensively gifted uh, shooting guards of all time, in the conversation for uh, greatest offensive guard of all time, no problems there. Kawhi Leonard, to me, I said this before on the podcast, and I'll say it again. To me, he's a better, he's a better player than he's he's a better version of Scottie Pippen. Um, Two-time champion on two different two NBA finals on two different teams and two different conferences. Uh, yeah, I have no problem with the first team. Our problems start to come with the second and third. First, I have no problem with Chris Paul on the second team. I have no problem with Anthony Davis on the second team. I have no problem with Russell Westbrook on the second team. And and I hate I hate to do this because it sounds like I'm bashing him, but I'm really not. I love Carmelo Anthony. I'm a big Carmelo Anthony fan, but I have to be I have to be honest with it. What has Carmelo Anthony? And I talked about this last I talked about this last episode. What has Carmelo Anthony done to make the second team? What has he done? To make the All-NBA second team, All-NBA decade, or All-Decade second team. What has he done? If we're talking about FIBA, then yeah, he deserves. But this is the NBA. This isn't international. He hasn't done anything to me to be in the All-NBA All-Decade second team but score a lot of points. There's a lot of, and we'll talk about this a little bit. We'll talk about this a little bit in a little bit, but I'm going I'm to name some players that I think should have been on this list. Melo, to me, shouldn't, if not the all-decade third team, he shouldn't have been on this list. And there's another great player that we'll talk about that I don't think should be on this list either. Blake Griffin, that's questionable for me, too. Yeah, he scored a lot of points. He caught a lot of lobs, but there's a. I think there's 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 players that that's better than him, at least in the decade. That shouldn't that should be on this list. And then we get to the third team. For for, for one. <laughs> I have no problem with Lamarcus. I didn't realize Lamarcus Aldridge did so much within the decade. I had to. I was like, "Damn, Lamarcus Aldridge!" I looked it up. Lamarcus Aldridge did a whole hell of a lot in the decade. So, shouts out to Lamarcus. I have nothing against Lamarcus Aldridge. D Wade, we know, you know, Miami Heat. He definitely deserves to be on that list. If we're talking about forwards, I have no problem um, with Paul George. On this list, especially being on All Decade Third Team, because if you look at the forwards, oh, okay, all right. I'm sorry, guys. That's a lot. <laughs> There's four players on this list that I have a problem with. Five, sort of. I have a problem with Blake Griffin. I have a problem with Carmelo Anthony. I have a problem with Paul George. I ha- and I have a problem with Giannis Antetokounmpo, and I'm gonna tell you why. Giannis, ha- Giannis has been in the league for a minute now. I think he's been in the league for about five, six, or seven years. No, I think five, five or six years. I think five. 
but he really just started getting good the last three. Now, yes, he's an MVP. Yes, he's a freak of nature. Yes, he could go down as one of the greatest, if especially if he develops a jump shot. But Giannis hasn't done a lot. He's done stuff in three years. And if we're talking about the all-decade team, that's 10 years. That's seven years unaccounted for. Same as Paul George. Paul George did a lot for Indiana. Paul George did a lot for OKC. And now I, ex- I, I expect him to do a lot for um, Clippers. But what has Paul George done to make the all-decade third team? First, I would move Kobe Bryant. It's, uh, it's a little disrespectful that Carmelo Anthony is on the second team. And in this decade, Kobe Bryant has won a championship, yet he's on the third. I'm just pointing that out there. But I'm going to give you a list of five names that I think should be on the list over Melo, over um, Blake Griffin, over Giannis Antetokounmpo, over Paul George. List no, uh, name number one, and this is in no order, but this is these are people that I think deserve to be on this list that are not on this list. Number one is Dirk Nowinski. Dirk Nowinski brought a championship to Dallas. He's one of the greatest European scorers ever, or European players ever. He's one of the greatest scorers the NBA has ever seen, especially being a seven foot and slow as hell. He created a jump shot, the Dirk fade. I think he deserves to be on this list. Yes, he doesn't have the most glorious game ever, but number two, I think Tim Duncan deserves to be on this list and everything that he did for the Spurs, especially winning a championship for them in the decade. If we're talking about Mr. Fundamental, we're talking about... LaMarcus Aldridge is a hybrid of Tim Duncan. He just he shoots better than Tim Duncan, but he's pretty much Tim Duncan 2.0. And LaMarcus Aldridge made the all-decade team all-decade third team, and Tim Duncan has done more than LaMarcus Aldridge in the decade. Number three, how about Dwight Howard? From For about a solid six to seven years, Dwight Howard was the best center in the league by a country mile. There was no debate. And honestly, even his bad years were good. The year he was with L.A., the back, the shoulder problem, the back problem, he still helped them make it to the lead, uh, make it to the uh, playoffs. The years with Houston, they still made it to the playoffs. The years with Atlanta, he it didn't go well as a team, but he still put up solid numbers. Same as the years with um, Charlotte. We don't want to talk about. We don't want to talk about having in Washington. But in Charlotte, he was still productive. So how is he not on this list? So that's Dirk Nowinski. That's Tim Duncan. That's Dwight Howard. What about... Look. What about Kevin Love? That might not be a glorious name to say, but Kevin Love has done a lot, does done more than Melo in this decade. He did more than Blake Griffin. He's won a championship in this decade. He's done more than Paul George. He's, I think, he's what the second all-time leading scorer or third all-time leading scorer for the Timberwolves, and he hasn't played for them in a minute. <laughs> What about Damian Lillard? How is Paul George on the team and Damian Lillard's not? Damian Lillard has done more than Paul George. What I'm saying is, if we're going to do this, if, if they're going to do this list, and they did this list, I have no problem with a lot of names. But you're awarding a lot of players on a couple seasons when this is the decade. And then you're also rewarding players, which I don't understand how or why. I Look, I would have no problem if Blake Griffin was on the third team because Blake Br- Griffin has done a lot. 
And Blake Griffin is a great player. And don't, don't hear me say that all these players aren't great. Because they are. But you're really telling me that Blake Griffin is that much better? Is better than Dwight Howard? Is better than Dirk Nowinski? Is better than... Who else? Is better than Tim Duncan? Is better than Damian Lillard? Is better than... Um, hell, you can even put KG in there at the end of his, at the end of his run. Oh, and the biggest, one of the biggest omissions. And y'all can hate me for it, but one of the biggest omissions to this list is how is Clay Thompson not in the all-decade team? Clay Thompson is a, in this decade, is a three-time champion. One of the greatest scores or shooters to ever play. When we're talking about consistency, he is as consistent as it gets. He's done more, and and I'm and, and I hate to say it, but I, I'll he's done more than Marcus Aldridge. He's done more than Giannis. He's done more than Paul George. He's definitely done more than Melo. He's done more than Blake Griffin. He's done more than Chris Paul. He's done more than Russell Westbrook. All these players made the All Decade team. How did Clay Thompson not make it? Look, this ain't my list. If it was my list, you know what? I'm going to do this now. If it was my list, again, I would have absolutely no problems. Absolutely no problems with the first team. That's, again, Steph, KD, Braun, James Harden, and Kawhi Leonard. Second team, no problem with Chris Paul. No problem with uh, Anthony Davis. No problem with Russell Westbrook. I would put Klay Thompson in the second team, and I'd put Kobe in the second. No, I'd put uh, Dirk Nowinski in the second team. This is the decade. I'm not talking about entire career. This is the decade. So my second team would be Chris Paul, uh, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, Klay Thompson, and Dirk Nowinski. My third team would be LaMarcus Aldridge, Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant, Dwight Howard, and Tim Duncan. That would that would be my all my three all decade teams. If you have a problem with it, you can leave it in the comments below. We'll talk about it. Those are my and who and if I left somebody out, who did I leave out? You tell me. Cause that to me that's crazy. That you <laughs> how you're not gonna have Dirk. He just finished. <laughs> So, uh, you know, before we go, I don't even know if this has been an hour or not. It might have. But before we go, um, Kevin Durant came out and did an interview uh, with Chris Haynes. You know, he he's really good friends with Chris Haynes or, or really good with Chris Haynes. And Chris Haynes spent a day with KD and they did an interview. And KD pretty much came out and said he doesn't blame uh, Golden State for his injury um he said it was just basketball he has no hard feelings uh with the team um he's also saying he doesn't he he when he asked about the crowd brewing him he was like yeah he heard it um, that's probably the last time toronto's ever going to be in the finals which i agree with and uh it just opened you know he was talking about rehab and and getting back better than ever, you know, the 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 usual sound bites. But one thing I kind of I kind of paused with was when he said he doesn't blame Golden State. I don't blame Golden State for what happened with KD. I I I agree when he says that it, it's just basketball. I mean, it could happen to anybody. I agree with what he said, but I don't agree that he believes that. And I say that because if you remember when it happened, all the reports that came out from KD's camp saying they were upset with Golden State. They felt Golden State lied to him. They felt Golden State uh, didn't, you know, betrayed him and stuff like that. Not to mention, reports have also come out it's pretty much saying that Kevin Durant stopped talking to teammates, 
towards the end of the season. So what I think that, what I think is Kevin Durant knew that this was the end. I'm I was very I'm very vocal and I was very on the record saying that uh why would you leave a dynasty? Especially a dynasty that needs you. Yeah, I get that you're never going to be the most popular, but everyone on that team and everyone that watches the games know you are the best player on the court, hands down. But you leave to go to uh, Brooklyn. That's okay. You do your thing. But Chris Haynes said that KD stopped talking to, like, really distanced himself from his teammates towards the end of the season, not at, after the injury, towards the end of the season. He knew he was leaving. KD is a, 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 a wiry dude, man. KD is a, a, a dude that you never know what he's going to do, kind of like Kyrie, and, and just so happens they're on the same team. Now, but I guess all I'm saying, it was a really, I mean, if you haven't read it, go read it. It was a really good interview. But it just really shows that, to me, KD, he doesn't know what makes him happy, man. He really doesn't. And I don't fault him for that. But you're on a dynasty. You can be one of the greatest teams ever. You are one of the, you were one of the greatest teams ever. And you can continue to run that back. Imagine if KD never got hurt. Imagine if him and Draymond never had that spat. Where would the league be? Imagine KD stayed. Again, the interview was really revealing, and it was a good interview. So I'd I'd implore you guys to go check it out. So that's that's all I really have to say about that. It was just I don't know if I believe him when he says he doesn't blame Golden State for his injuries and he doesn't blame Golden State for how it ended because. At the end of the day, he felt like he wasn't getting the recognition that he deserves. But who needs to give you the recognition, you or the fans? At the end of the day, if you know you're the best player on the team, if the team knows you're the best player on the, on the team, if the team telling everyone that you're the best player on the team, who are you trying to get accolades from? That's all I'm trying to say. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it, man. But uh, there you have it, man. That has been the Unpopular Podcast. I don't know if it's been an hour or not, but, you know, it is what it is. I want to thank everyone that's been listening or thank everyone that did listen. Thank everyone that uh, watched on Tuesday. Um, please subscribe, wherever you, whether that's iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening, watching, please subscribe, please subscribe, please subscribe. It would mean so much to me if you subscribed. Uh, again, I appreciate everyone that's listening. This is the Unpopular Podcast with your boy Jalen. And until next time, much love. What is this? Maybach music. I like this Maybach music. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs>
short circuit. Somebody show them square ass niggas the first exit. This here reserved for soldiers most definite. So watch what you're saying, where you step more carefully. If I fall in the field and ain't no more F for me, post them on the ground and put one in the F for me. Tell my enemies, fuck them, they know already, but fuck them. Tell them again with a middle finger and a chuckle. <laughs> you don't know that nigga, nope, uh uh. This famous that a steel throw copper. Cross so heavy, crack the tabernacle. Fire the ganja back up. Throw some blow in my tobacco. Then crank the lacquer. One match left. This the last turn. Santeria candles in my sanctuary burn. I'ma earn to the last call to turn. To the last gavel drop. We gon' have it locked. Small percentage of niggas who make it out the ghetto But niggas tried to pull me back Cause misery loves company It's funny how they come for me When they see me living comfortably But when I was broken sleeping on flaws They ain't want nothing from me My future's so bright But my past so ugly And I just try to correct it all But it all still haunts me Tried to section off the past But it still haunts me So I accept what got me here Reflecting in this rocking chair All this space created All that hard work it got me here So what I look like Telling a nigga that I shouldn't be here Power to the people so the people shouldn't live in fear And I'll be the raising voice to tell the people Treat us fair Born in the streets, tell them soldiers to meet us there Out in the open all alone, I felt the coldest air Secluded in my thoughts of fear No one to talk to, no one there Not even a voice, not even the air No one alive, no one to care Now I got a power circle and now I'm on a power trip And they calling me counterfeit cause I ain't gave a coward shit Stole me, throw me a pile of shit but you won't pull me out of it It's funny how it come full circle Now they wanna be a part of the power circle They wanna be a part of the power circle May the wind be at your back May the bad be in your past May the kids take all your good May your wife have class May you realize your goals What's life without grind Those niggas, your niggas Hope them niggas, well it's mine May the wind be at your back May the bad be in your past May the kids take all your good May your wife have class May you realize your goals What's life without grind Those niggas, your niggas Hope them niggas, well it's mine uh. There's a difference between underrated and hasn't made it once you're successful, they relentlessly giving you hatred. There's no applause for you. Success is hard for you. There's enemies, envy, with green. My niggas lawnmower, and I'm on tour. Jordan fours, Tom Ford, and I ain't thugging. They clapping at me, y'all encore. Got a dark heart, bright mind, make women crazy. I give a D, I throw up two, I call that shit a safety. Shit is crazy when entertainment ain't entertaining. Am I in a sanctum? Need real estate? I'm out my cafes. Jealousies for the week. You ain't happy I made it. I be feeling like Brother Malcolm just added a nation. A lot got us, cause if we holler, a lot snub us. I seen hustlers turn clockers out, niggas, grandmothers. So shut the fuck up and listen. Fuck all them stuck up musicians. My circle's small, but regardless, my circumference official. My clothes different, like quarterbacks at a close scrimmage. They go on blisters, but ain't no way that they go on hit us. I'm so elusive, some of my niggas be going through it Yes, it's a rap when your co-defendant makes soul music Cash rule the world, at least it do with girls At least it do with church, you seek the truth and true it hurts If they real, then they real, my niggas deserve it And we don't deal with weak squares in this pie circle Rock We don't deal with weak squares in this pie circle Yeah, Meek Millie, it's Maybach Maybach music uh, I'm like, welcome to the power circle. I came a long way, I started with a potter circle. Click full of real niggas that'll probably murk you. Cause they're about that murder game, you do a lot of verbal, a lot of talking, a lot of tweeting. Till you hear that chopper speaking. Kill my dog, I kill your dog, we tired even, I believe it. If you see it, then you got it, nigga, never give up. Cause if you grinding, you gonna be rich before you can look up. My cousin Ock told me, never teach niggas to cook up. Cause you can sell them hard for the low and give them the hookup. Still make a profit. The streets say I'm the hottest, and a nigga still modest. I'm just being honest. Back to the wall, never let them get behind us. Mac in my drawers, fitting right in my designers. Look at my persona, I dreamed it, woke up and conquered. Then was commas at the commas, I eat them like Benny Hines. Put the shrimp over the pasta, the pasta over the lobster, and the lobster over the table. Power circle of mafia, just talking money. Talking money, what you talking about? Probably talking about us, we the only thing to talk about. 
Look inside the highs of the last Mohican Survived you on last a weekend outside Seen the pastor tweaking the sunk his teeth in the rock his demise Later on that evening you heard the grieving of angels that cried See a demon don't compromise And so I walk alone with a cross and a diamond stone I'm a diamond inside the rough that's too mighty for mighty gones I might as well put all my killers in YSL Put my voice on this microphone put you pussy niggas through hell Hell's fire I live a liar and never grind I know the priors they running by us when we do crime I know the section 8 wanna discontinue my moms When they heard that Ohio State gave me 30 racks in July Oh lord this can't be life, no it can't be life When the day breaks and you heard them stripes and you learned that strike From upstate will adjourn that life and confirm that life It's good bait for the warden that might get awarded and right Now your fate you reported tonight A reporter replied the death rate will eventually climb So eventually I'm on a track race for the dough before time Get a clock that resigns so about face if it ain't been inside Get offended I mind No one fake, I'm a realist and strive Of a billion and five, one billion cause the limit is the sky And I live on cloud nine, and I recognize my nemesis gon' try Put a finish in my shine, but pussy will hurt you Life in the power circle Regardless of how it goes down, life goes on, am I right? Tried to warn you niggas <laughs> I tried to warn you niggas It's too late now Double MG Too much cake Too much power too much respect. Bow down, Maybach nigga. Maybach music. Huh.